0: Everybody ready? Uh oh! Guess what day it is! Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on! I know you can hear me. It's Hump Day. Woo-hoo! Hump Day? Let's
1: get rolling. <laughs>
0: Is the big show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
2: It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280, The Zone. It's Wednesday. It feels like a Tuesday. Jake Scott with you at our Vivint Smart Home Arena studios. Austin Horton across the glass from me and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson. The one and only Gordon Monson. Hello, Gordon.
3: Hi. How are you, Jake?
2: Doing just fine? How about yourself? How, how are things going over there? Hanging in?
3: Busy, but uh, staying out of trouble. Mostly. Busy uh, not doing uh, yard work? Uh, busy doing all kinds of stuff. I see. I, see. I, I don't understand why I'm so busy, but I am.
2: Well, it's not but, the yard. That was my only point. Uh, no,
3: it was not the no, yard. No,
2: not the yard. Mm-hmm. Didn't think it was. No, uh <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Gordon. I'm, uh, I'm glad you're doing well. We've got a lot to uh, get into today. A lot of NBA news out there. Starting to get a little trickle of info, Gordon, about what this whole thing might actually look like. So we've, uh, we've got some stuff to get into there. Greg Miller is going to be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. This will be uh, the second time Greg's been on the show in what, Gordon, uh, a month?
3: Yeah, something like that. So that's pretty,
2: that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're going to let you hear from Kalani Sataki. who's was on with Hanson Scotty at the top of the four o'clock hour, and Chris Mannix is going to be on the show at three three uh, thirty. So we are action packed and ready to go, Gordo.
3: We are, and uh, look forward to it. You know, you mentioned uh, talking about the NBA, and we'll get to it in a minute here. But uh, every time I I read an article or a couple of articles that express some degree of optimism, then you bump into something along the lines of what uh, Bob Bowlesby is saying now uh, about how he's expecting, you know, they're looking forward to a football season, a college football season, but then he expects disruptions. To, uh, to mess the thing up or potentially mess the thing up. And so I guess that's just part of the, the mystery of it all at this point, Jake. One day we feel a little more optimistic. Uh, another day uh, reality is still lingering out there a little bit. So I'm not sure exactly what direction that's heading or I know the direction it's heading, but I just don't know how it's all going to turn out. Uh, and I guess nobody really does at this point. You can plan and plan and plan, but you don't really know. No, you don't
2: know. Um, either way, I mean, uh, did you see, I, I read through a blog about this, but, uh, you know, Mike the Mad Dog uh, Russo, I think is his last name, right? Uh, uh, he's on Sirius XM Radio, uh, and sports host in um, in New York. You know, Mike and the Mad Dog, formerly right. host. Of, a, anyway, he had this uh, uh, when the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Uh, The golf thing was announced, whatever that was, a month ago, two months ago, or whenever they announced it. He had this big, long rant about how this is going to be a disaster, and it's a terrible idea, and what are they doing? And then uh, on Monday, or I guess it would be Tuesday's show, uh, he went on saying, I was totally wrong. That was awesome. (laughs) So it just changes so much you, you just don't know, I guess, is my point to your point. And adaptability is probably uh, pretty valuable for everybody right now, especially college football is going to be hard, as we've talked about a lot, because you've got to get so many different voices on the same page, whereas pro sports, you can streamline that uh, a little bit, and uh, you have the resources to uh, do a few more things. So, you know, who knows what we'll be capable of, but uh, I'm guessing that we're, we're going to have to be very adaptable, whatever um, uh, course is chosen.
3: Well, we're, we're circling around right now waiting to find out about baseball and whether, you know, it's, it's a bad look that this thing is coming down to finances, Jake. I understand that's kind of what makes the world go around, but, or is it the spin of the planet? Not, it's a, it's, it could go either way, 50-50? I, I, I,
2: I don't know. I you're, think you're getting a little lost in the details here. Uh, maybe. Again, taking things too literally.
3: But uh but money does seem to make the world go round at times and, and so for all this to be going on and they're arguing over what the what the split uh what the distribution will be is is frustrating for baseball fans, I am sure, uh, given the circumstances we're living in right now. But I, I don't know. I don't know how it uh you know, I mean the golf tournament, the uh the match turned out really, really well, but like you said, college football is a little more complicated than uh, some of uh, the pro leagues, which I wouldn't necessarily designate as nimble, but it's definitely unwieldy, given the fractured nature of it all. Wow,
2: I, I see, I, I know, I'm not going to disagree with you here but we what you say, I, I think the NBA has been unbelievably nimble. I think yeah. pro sports in, in general – well, I shouldn't say in general because they're, you know, baseball. Uh, but sports have been really nimble. Gordon, we it was, we put a, a halt to a, a season overnight, and we're going to uh, – what's looking like reemerge, and we can get into this in the split, reemerge in a, a bubble at
3: Disney World? Well, yeah, I mean, but if that's that, not that, nimble, I don't know what is. Yeah, but that's taken almost three months. It might take four months before it actually happens. I, I don't consider that nimble. I think stopping play is a lot easier than starting it.
2: Oh, I totally agree. But I, I yeah. think given the, the magnitude of the task at hand, I think it's pretty nimble. I mean, people uh, couldn't people couldn't the leave their use. house for a month, yeah. you know, and then you have to tape something back together. I mean, that that's certainly
3: going to take some time. Well, In an environment, okay. as we
2: just talked about, where we don't know uh, all the information. That's pretty well, wild. Well,
3: if, if, if you can turn the boat... Uh, if you can turn a, a 30-foot speedboat in in a short amount of time, uh, turning college football, I think, is like turning a an aircraft carrier. You know, it's just, it, it's more difficult. To, there are more factors involved in it, uh, and we'll see how that turns out. But uh, I read these declarative statements of people that are absolutely certain that there's going to be a college football season, and it's going to be if not normal, uh, close to it. And then I read uh, what I read from Bob Bowlesby, uh, the commissioner of the Big 12, essentially saying, man, there, there are going to be disruptions. So can you imagine having your schedule all laid out and then having to stop in the middle of it uh, because of an anticipated second wave? I, it, it It's tricky. And, and I don't really blame anybody for this because this is such a serious issue and it's it's not easily uh, navigated. But uh, we'll see how all, all the folks do. I think baseball right now looks about as bad as anybody, though.
2: Well, let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Most relevant around here and certainly some new information to uh, digest today. Let's get into the split story of the day.
0: Two guys, two topics. Two two. Two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
1: I think we're we're very close, but I don't want to give anybody unexpected uh, high oh, high expectations to the people out there, but we have high hopes, and uh, I think we're very close. And I think we're going to come to something soon, to where guys will at least have some group practices, which so we're leading the right, right direction. Facilities have opened. We're doing individual work. Hopefully, we can do some you know group work soon, and then hopefully they announce something where we can be at a location where we can have some team practices and get ready to play some exhibition games. But I think we are close, and people can you know hope for the best, have high hopes, but just don't expect too much just yet.
2: All right, Gordon, on the timetable to return for the NBA, uh, here's kind of how we stand. Right now, the NBA, and they have been doing this for a while, obviously formulating some sort of plan for return. That plan, whatever it is... Uh, will be run by the Board of Governors coming up on Friday, and then the NBA hopes for an announcement on or around Monday, the 1st uh, of June. That's kind of what we're looking at. Right now we're getting bits and pieces of information leak out about what that return might look like or what is going to be run by the Board of Governors coming up on Friday. A couple of things that we found out today, according to Adrian Wojnarowski— because there was a conference call with the team presidents today, uh, and some of this is uh, the stuff that was uh, discussed. Um, most prominently, that um, they're progressing on a plan that would allow for a limited number of family members to join players uh, for the season's uh, resumption inside the an Orlando bubble environment. Uh, that was a big piece of news. The other piece that, uh, that Woj reported is they were discussing bringing 16 teams back Plus, the four Western Conference teams that they deem still in the mix. That would be Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio. Um, Gordon, where do you want to start? Your thoughts on, uh, on what we learned about today?
3: Well, let's go one by one. Uh, the, uh, the f- having certain family members uh, to be uh, in contact with the players, it, it would be awfully hard to bottle these guys up completely. You know, think about that. You're going to isolate them completely i i I don't think that's realistic and so i think that's that that's a good idea for them just for the mental health of the players uh, i think that's uh would make things a lot better and quite frankly i think they would play better and feel better adjusted in kind of a foreign environment
2: i like it because i can't really think of a reason why not to would it be necessary to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish to not allow Joe Ingles, for example, to bring his wife and kids? I right. mean, I, I don't know you know, if they're in the environment as well. I can't really think of a downside there because, I mean, I mean you know, testing is going to be a part of this thing, obviously. So I, uh, I, I, I thought that was really good news, and I can't really think of a downside there. So I feel good for, for players because, like you say, I think that will put some of them – uh, a little bit more at ease in a in a unique situation,
3: and you would figure that the family members would be responsible if they uh, if they are initially tested and then they uh, you know do go follow certain guidelines, then uh, the risk is is lowered greatly. It should so, be fine, right? Yeah, you would think so. And if the players are continually being tested, then uh, all right then. I feel pretty good about that because I don't want. I just don't. I think it's ask a lot to have a bunch of players bottled up together in one place. You know, it's a pretty big
2: place, but yeah, I get what you're saying.
3: No, but you know what I mean. I mean, who are they in contact with? Right, only team members, and that's it. That's um, that could be a uh, a two month road trip. Well, you uh, know, the depending NH- on how how long they go.
2: The NHL and what we learned yesterday about what they plan to do. They're uh, they are not allowing families, I believe, because the the travel party from each team is going to be fifty, which actually seemed like a really low number to me. What do you think the travel party for the NBA is going to look like? I mean, there's no there's no doubt it's going to be trimmed down. But say, you know, uh, somebody from the marketing department, if they go, are they allowed to bring their family? And how does that work? I'm sure they'll have yeah. to uh, to iron out those details because you want to keep the traveling party. I'm I'm guessing. Uh, as limited as as possible.
3: So, are family members considered part of the, the travel party?
2: I don't know. I I don't know. It that, it seemed like they were excluded would, uh, in the NHL's plan, but I'm, yeah,
3: that would be totally excluded. Right. There's no way. Yeah, um, yeah. But I,
2: outside of family, I mean, what do you think? You've got uh, you know what, fifteen players and
3: got the players, coaching got a coaching staff, and some of the coaching staffs are larger than others, but they're substantial. You got the training staff. You got um, uh, equipment managers. Yeah, uh, you got what, what public relations people. Um,
2: You'd probably have to have at least like a pool reporter. I mean, somebody from the media would have to go. I would guess. Are
1: they not broadcasting these games? Oh, well, they are going to broadcast, and how that would look
2: would be interesting. I mean, are you going to have local broadcasts? Uh, like, is Bowler going to be in a studio somewhere calling it on TV, or is it? You know, does does Bowler go and and Harpring, Are they part of the travel party? And that it's simulcast on radio? Do they do everything with just a TNT crew, but air it on a on a local network? I mean, I I don't know. I I would think they there's a number of solutions out there based on the the capacity of people. I mean, in an ideal world, bring everybody. Let's do this Disney World for months. Let's let's make it happen. You know, but I, See, I, don't, I don't think I they're, they're going to do that.
3: Yeah, I think it is more ideal to keep it somewhat limited. Just to uh yeah limit the exposure, so uh yeah we'll we'll see how that turns out uh what,
2: what do you think the, about the the, the, the playoffs what was discussed and again, this is just uh leaked news from a discussion that took place amongst the uh the team presidents today, but uh sixteen teams who are already in the playoff or mm-hmm. uh, as the the season has come to a halt, and then uh four teams from the Western Conference in some way to play their way in and those four teams are Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento and San Antonio that are on the outside looking in. I don't know how a play-in type of thing would work but that's what was discussed today.
3: So I'm just checking now the, uh, the standings in the East. Why is the East being uh, because they're farther back? I guess there's a from the eighth spot to the ninth spot in the East is uh, five and a half games
2: yeah, yeah, to from between yeah. Orlando and
3: Washington. Yes. Okay.
2: And let's see, between Memphis, who's currently in the eighth spot in the West, and uh, San Antonio is four games. So and those three teams in the middle, Portland, New Orleans, and Sacramento are all tied. Uh, 21 and a half games back of first. So it's yeah. a little bit, it's definitely more of a bunch. I don't know how they arbitrarily draw the line with San Antonio. Maybe they want to include an even number of teams for a play-in uh, scenario. Austin uh, and I, as we discussed this before the show, said if you're the Wizards, are you, are you bent out of shape? You know, you're only yeah. a game and a half further back than San Antonio. See,
3: I wouldn't do that. I, I, I would just let it be where it is. I would just have sixteen teams, and upset the stars of the teams that are close. Yep, they had their chance, and because it was unpredictable what happened, and certainly nobody could have forecast that that was going to happen the way it did. Uh, it was, it was equitable for everybody. It was equal, and so why why have that going on? I, I think that's peripheral. And uh, unnecessary,
2: I'm kind of with you on that. I either just cut it off at sixteen and and do a playoff or bring everybody back and get everybody that 70 game mark. I don't get yeah. I don't really get the in between because it would seem with this uh, solution, and again, nothing has been decided on, but with this solution, a bunch of franchises probably or maybe all franchises don't get to that 70 mark, and it's really a moot point. And you might as well just go with the sixteen, unless you think that those three teams tied three and a half games out of eighth spot in the West are really getting jobbed. I mean, that would really be the only—that would be the only motivation—is justice. And it doesn't sound like that's what you're prioritizing in this scenario.
3: No, well, see, I'm not. I'm. I'm. Yeah, that's right. I. I just. Yeah, three. Three games difference, and you're going to play how many more games? A handful of more games. I mean, it's possible, and we saw some crazy things happen at the end of the last regular season, where teams were jumping around all over the place. But a three-game differential there essentially is 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 quite a bit. Uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't do it. I've heard some people say that it would be beneficial for certain teams to play a couple more regular season games just to get the rust off and all that stuff. Oh, come on, no. I say start the playoffs right away and uh, make your adjustments on the fly. But I think that also would require uh, adequate training time, getting ready for the season, for the postseason to begin again. That's what I if I were if I were Adam Silver, if I were emperor for the day, I start to play. I go straight into the playoffs. And I think that that would be of most interest to fans, because fans, if you're going to reintroduce the NBA, who wants to go to a bunch of games that may end up just and they may be duds?
2: I think that in some way, shape or form, we're going to see some preseason games and maybe that's.
3: Why? Why is it? Because you have
2: to play some games before the games count to get things back. Because you you do. You need to give them an opportunity to get back into game shape and get back to the rhythm of playing basketball before the games count. Why? Why do we have to do that?
3: Can't you do that with scrimmages?
2: But see, that's the thing. Maybe it's just like a scrimmage, but they put it on TV. I mean, there's going to be no fans anyway. So what exactly is the difference between a game and a scrimmage other than it's something that they can put on TV?
3: I guess it depends on how desperate everybody is, but if I'm if I'm going to watch a game between, say, Portland and uh, San Antonio, and or uh, I don't know, whichever one of these teams would be least motivated, I don't want to see garbage basketball. And if one of these teams lost a first game, and and I mean, it could turn into just going through the motions. I understand you, you supposedly this idealistic notion that people are going to that teams are going to be fully amped up and ready to go and they want that last playoff spot so they have an opportunity to get crushed by the lakers i uh i don't know how that's gonna go all right or well
2: well call it it call it a scrimmage just put it on tv let me watch it but don't that's you, where i'm you, at i want to watch wouldn't a basketball you, game
3: see i would rather have and maybe i'm crazy but I think I would rather have a team have an adequate training retraining camp and then go right into play. Uh, because then the games mean something from the absolute jump, and people would into that in a big way. If you bring if you bring your NBA audience back to games that are duds or less than what you're hoping them to be, uh, maybe people are so thirsty for any kind of competition that they would devour that. But I, I, I think it may bring you back on a sour note if teams don't care. Gordon, we've been
2: following Korean baseball. I just like to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> that we have picked, eleven to one, have, Samsung won last night. We have picked Woo! teams in the Korean baseball league. We uh, are sitting here paying attention to Korean baseball because we. Need some sports to care about. How's So, uh, doing? so put I, I... put the practices on TV. Put the scrimmages on TV. Put the the them shooting from half court for money on TV. Let's just bring back basketball in some way, shape, or form. I don't need it to be a playoff game. I don't care. I just want to see it. Uh, the ball tipped off, and I want to see some competition, and I want to see the 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 players play. Bring well, it on! I think if, if bring if it you, on!
3: That. It's two ways of looking at it. One, you're really thirsty. You can give them warm, baked-over water that's been sitting out in the sun. Or you can give them a tall glass of ice-cold beverage. And right from the beginning, and boy, is that going to go down easy?
2: Okay, but what what you're the the part of your analogy you're missing is you have to ask the thirsty person not to <laughs> consume anything for another month. <laughs>
1: dirty hot dog water is better than no water,
2: right? Exactly. It's like here, you can have this dirty hot dog water, or you could wait for a month and I'll hook you up with that lemonade. I'm taking the hot dog water.
3: What's hot dog water taste like? Not great. You ever had it. Uh, have, you, have you had it? Not intentionally. <laughs> have you? Had, what what kind of water have you ever had that had some sort of flavoring to it? That was uh, not flavorful no. enough.
2: I don't know. I went way. I went water skiing in Utah Lake once, and <laughs> <laughs> the, you know. Uh, the, the, the got some water that wasn't too good there. That wasn't, or was true. it
3: algae?
1: My buddy used uh, one of our cups on a road trip once for other things and the other guy didn't know he did it and took a swig. Oh, I've seen that before.
3: Uh was had it been properly disposed of or did he think it was
1: <laughs> There was some Mountain Dew left in it the night before. <laughs>
3: Oh my god. The
1: guy used it to oh relieve my himself. Gosh, oh uh, you're actually no. thinking of something different than I was. So and how about that? The other guy thought it was just Mountain Dew still. Well, that's not
2: good. Mm. <laughs> so anywho, uh, mm. good times.
1: So, but, uh, but that's better that well maybe not.
2: The thirst is real, however, and we we are having some details emerge. I do think that's positive news about the families and you know, the how this thing is going to look is gonna bring some uh, some from fun debate to it i think
3: well at least nobody's arguing over who's going to get paid what
2: at least not right now no
3: (laughs) nothing is this baseball thing just i mean it's just bad bad look for mlb
2: uh, okay, we want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home, and Zero Res is cleaning carpets right now for just 25 bucks a room. The lowest prices to help out as many people as possible. $25 per room available while space is available. So get on it. Call Zero Res today for details and restrictions. 801 288 9376. That's 801 288 Zero. More big show coming up next 97.5 and 1280, the zone. Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Today's uh, band of the day is uh, Lionel Richie, selected by Gordon and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Want to get your Lionel Richie on today, huh, Gordo?
3: Yeah, why not? Why not? Old school. We'll take it.
2: Uh, we're going to get into uh, Gordon's column coming up here in, uh, in just a second, but uh, a bit of news news. Apparently, today's launch, actual astronauts going at, into space, the SpaceX launch, according to Austin, who's been following on Twitter, has been uh, canceled. Is that correct, Austin?
1: Yeah, they scratched it due to weather. They've rescheduled for Saturday. But however, the space uh, NASA Goddard, which is the station they were launching from in Texas, they tweeted out about 25 minutes ago, we a go, weather looks great. And then 24 minutes ago, never mind, <laughs> the so
2: weather is a scratch. In a matter of 60 seconds, they did a complete about
1: face and said, ah, nah, man. Yeah. Did you see the wind yeah. out there? I mean, good. Gravy. It's not quite the mistake that the uh, Hawaii alert Twitter person made that one day,
3: oh, saying the world was at, coming
2: to an end. But a oh, Nuclear my. attack, <laughs> yeah, that was the worst mistake ever. You yeah, just you, had told, people,
3: you had families saying goodbye to one another. We just oh, told uh, Hawaii,
2: an island nation where nobody has anywhere to go, geez. that nuclear attack was imminent. And the news around that time was a lot to do with North Korea. Yeah, that was... That was right at the 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 peak of it all. So
1: not quite that bad, but yeah, an inaccurate weather uh, report. That's too bad. I thought that was a cool story today.
2: Uh, we haven't seen uh, actual astronauts going uh, into space in ten years.
1: Uh, for the last nine, we've been paying Russia to get us to, to the space station. So. Do all that? Okay. <laughs> why have we been doing that? Save money, I'm guessing. It's like it's why do you we Uber or Lyft? You don't put the miles on your car. <laughs> And we're still not because the SpaceX is a private company, right? Yes,
2: correct. Okay. So we've we've farmed that out to Elon Musk. Oh, good times. It would have
3: been cool to see a launch. (laughs) Farmed farmed it out. There's got to be some kind of financial reward at the end of that flight, right? I would guess. Mm -hmm.
2: Probably a long journey, though, before we're, you know, bussing people into space. But, yeah, I guess it's got to start somewhere. Would you
3: go into space if you could? I think it'd be pretty awesome. I mean, and people are going to do that at some point. They're going to pay money to do it and pay a lot of money probably to do it. But do you have – Austin, I, I think I know the answer to this question. <laughs> Austin, what not we get in a motorboat? But uh, would you want to climb into a capsule and be blasted into space?
1: Uh, in a motorboat? <laughs>
3: You're afraid of water, right?
1: But, okay, but I thought you were saying I wouldn't get in a motorboat to then go to space. If, no. I don't know anyone that would. No, uh, I, no I'm there. not getting in any, I'm not, no, uh-uh, pass. Especially if it's made and run by a lunatic like Elon Musk.
3: A lunatic. Well, he's a very smart lunatic who happens to be very rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny.
2: Be pretty cool to go into space.
3: Well, I, I, I have I have no real desire. There's YouTube. I, I I know some people just absolutely love to do it, but to, to me, you know.
1: And these these astronauts have been literally locked in a room since March first. <laughs> wow! Well, they've not been. They've only seen each other. That's it since March first. Well, aren't they getting a little edgy? I would think so. Yeah. Ready to get a move on? I would guess they're going to kill each other on the way up. Like, let's. Let's do this.
3: I told you like- to stop grinding your teeth.
2: <laughs> that is a long time, General, with just those people. Yes, that's true. Have
3: they been? Have they been like floating around in like a anti gravity tube or something kind?
1: Yeah, they've they've been in lockdown since March first. Is that so? Anti gravity tube?
2: You mean like that that ride at the 49th Street Galleria? <laughs> you know the the gravatron? What are you talking about? Anti gravity tube?
3: What was that? I never did that. I, it was.
2: What was
3: it? Do you not? Anybody, I don't know. You guys yeah. don't know the the gravitron. Is that one of those things where you have wings and, you fl- and the air comes rushing up and you float?
2: No, 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 no. Like I'll, indoor skydiving? No, no, no. Not no, nothing that that <laughs> complex. I mean, we're talking about the 49th Street Galleria here. It was, <laughs> it was like a, it, it was like a round room that uh, had pads against the walls. Now I know. Yeah, and that spun really really quickly so it made it feel like you were the centrifugal
1: force forced you back back against against the wall yeah Yeah. yeah. you weren't floating but you were
2: up against now i know you know what i'm talking about they've
1: got a similar one at lagoon but you're in in, you're in a car oh okay a little uh, and it swings around yeah right
3: that doesn't sound anything like being in space
1: well, it sounds
3: real unlike it's closer than... unlike
2: the anti gravity tube.
3: <laughs> that's on Willy Wonka, no, I think. I no, they they have those things where they can prepare guys for space where they're they're weightless. You've seen those? Yeah, they're called
1: swimming pools. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. You know, no. I don't think there's a magical room where they can just turn off gravity. I don't think that's a thing.
3: <laughs> they have those things. <laughs> where Whoa, they put no, people it's in there? Not fiction. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. This is true. This is true. That's how they prepare astronauts for, for being in space and being weightless. And they haven't you seen that before where they float around?
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, this is according to Google. Contrary to popular belief, NASA does not have anti-gravity chambers where people can float around like astronauts on the space station.
2: Because that would, you know, defy physics.
1: We do use several facilities to recreate the weightless or microgravity conditions of orbit. It is NASA's premier facility for conducting ground-based microgravity research.
3: Okay, well, what's the
1: difference? And it looks just like the gravita- Gravitron. Right. right. They spin you in a <laughs> it circle. It looks just
2: like it. They spin you in a circle real fast. They don't They don't put you in a you tube and turn go, off gravity. Wait, I mean, that's just insane. <laughs> this <isn't laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah.
3: You don't have to go to the... Anti-Gravitosa. Super, you don't have to go to some secret facility somewhere to do that when you can just go down to the Galleria.
2: I think it's a little more complex than yet, but that. But I think the same like principles apply.
3: Well, wait. What then? Uh, have you never seen those pictures of the guys floating around and they're still on planet Earth? Uh, what do you mean? It's. Well, i thought they had some sort of contraption that would simulate a uh, weightless condition it is it's
2: like a it's like a cart that goes around in circles really fast <laughs> it's called the drop
1: zone yeah <laughs> i don't think it's like there's no on and off switch for the gravity oh <laughs> uh, didn't you know that i Newton didn't bring that around
2: Newton discovered that too <laughs> <Did> actually he... <laughs> yeah he did a little light switch where he's like hey watch this guys off on off
1: on <laughs> Oh, I,
2: I don't know that it. I don't know it works that way.
1: Oh, how did we get here? I don't know, but I, I don't
2: it, know. that's it, good. Yeah. Gordon. <laughs> Gordon's talking about anti gravity tubes. Turn off the gravity.
1: I'm <laughs> feeling a little heavy.
3: <laughs> Just picturing a tube like, a, like out of the Jetsons. I've seen it when they're preparing the astronauts, and then once they're up there in space, and obviously you've seen them floating it around. It doesn't exist.
1: How have you seen it? Well, it says right he... here, popular of uh, a contrary to popular belief, this doesn't exist. Where did you look that up? Google. Our friend <laughs> our
2: friend Sven said NASA bought up all the fizzy lifting juice for <laughs> astronaut training.
1: Good day, sir. You lose. Uh, 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 there has Just to be Google anti-gravity chamber, and it pops up right there. This is not real. Pop uh, contrary to LA Times former columnist
3: well, where are the things I've seen guys floating around doing somersaults in the air? Is that only happening in space? You know, Mary Margaret when she did Peter Pan
2: <laughs> was was not actually flying. I, I don't, I don't want to. No
1: matter how happy the thought, I don't want to <laughs> burst your bubble here. <laughs> not flying,
3: not actually flying. I gotta get to the bottom of this because I've seen guys floating around. <laughs>
2: get some more sleep then i don't
3: know <laughs> gordon watched tom hanks in oh, apollo
2: man. 13 and he's like wow they must be in an anti-gravity tube right there I, i've
3: been watching too many marvel movies or something i don't know you know all right stay yeah. tuned we'll we'll Jeez. get to what the jazz
2: might look like I, on the court coming up i next. don't
3: want to go into space that's all you all right, know there's a know. lot of other things i'd rather do it's you know not a space cadet stay tuned 97.5 and
2: 1280 the zone Oh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott 975 and 1280 the zone. I just uh,
3: looked it up, Jake. I looked it up at Scientific American and it says uh, it says we cannot cancel out gravity, but planes nicknamed vomit comets can come close. Okay, one not so, a tube. <laughs> well, it's a tube like a like a shaped like an airplane. So
2: when you said anti-gravity tube, you meant airplane. And by turning <laughs> off gravity, you meant go up and then down real fast like the ride at Lagoon.
3: All I know is
2: that they fly, they're floating around. It's not they're, an anti-gravity tube where they turn well, off gravity. It's clo- it's no. no, it's
3: No, it's not. Close. No, it's not. It's a plane. A, it's a you, plane. How do, you, how, do you, uh, uh, how do you explain people floating? The plane goes up really fast no, and then it
2: turns around and comes down really
3: fast. Yes. Well, they're floating and they're doing flips in the air. They didn't without, turn off gravity. And it well, certainly I, I is not a tube. It's simulated. It, it is shaped like a tube. It's shaped like a, the, the, like the body of an airplane. It's called the company's called Zero Gravity. That doesn't mean there's actually zero gra-
2: suspending gravity's existence. All right, okay. we can't we can't go. This is getting Barbara Streisandy. It, it is <laughs> like it, it yesterday is a, a little bit. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about the Jazz. I want to remind everybody, Greg Miller is going to join the show at the top of the five o'clock hour. Chris Mannix at three thirty. We'll let you hear from Kalani Sataki at uh, four o'clock. So make sure and stay tuned for that. But Gordon, let's talk about now that we're talking about the NBA possibly returning. Let's talk about this Jazz team coming back, uh, particularly Sands, Boyan Bogdanovich. But I want to start with how concerned are you about um, having things come back and pick up where they left off?
3: Uh, There's just I think that's an impossibility. It it can't happen. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be like it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, When you think about the adjustments the Jazz were making and players having to learn new roles, some of them more complex than others, some of them causing players to think before they acted, which is enough in the NBA to cause problems. And I I don't think that it would look like that. I think there be, might be some rustiness, maybe some errant passes, that kind of thing. But uh, I think that by now, Mike Conley has processed what Quinn Snyder would want him to do. And I think you would see him play much better than he did at the start of the season. However, you've still got to make up for the loss of Boyan Bogdanovich, which right. means that Joe Ingles, who is a better handler of the ball and a better passer than Bogdanovich, He's not quite the scorer that that uh, that Boyan is, but he can he can maybe fill in the gaps for his loss. But who's going to fill in the gaps for the loss at the defensive end? Not that Boyan Bogdanovich is any kind of great defender; he's not. But who will be? You know, Joe Ingles is a better defender than Boyan Bogdanovich, and then you got Royce O'Neal, and who you got after that, other than the big man back in the back?
2: So. Speaking offensively, just for a minute, uh, Gordon, and I I think you're right about, I I think the defense, it's another body. I think you're right that we're, you know, it's not like Bogdanovich was taking the other team's best player out of the game, but you're one other guy short on defense, and you'll have to to figure out a way, uh, you know, to to around that, and I think your point about Joe Ingles is right on the money. But speaking offensively for just a moment, and taking off uh, on, on what you were talking about, Mike Conley, I think... I think this all hinges so much on Mike Conley, and here's my point. Boyan Bogdanovich developed into the Jazz number 2 offensively, and he fit the role remarkably well. Averaged 20 points a game. Great production. He was another threat on the floor. He could uh, spread the floor by shooting that three, and uh, that's that's where I think his loss is most impactful. So with that in mind, and, and I'll ask you this kind of loaded question because I certainly have my opinion on it, but who is the most likely candidate, on the Jazz to step into that number two offensive role, well, I would say Mike Conley, one hundred percent. I think you're right on the money. I think you could make an argument for Rudy Gobert, uh, depending on on the matchup and and what team they're playing. But I th- I think you're right on the money. I think Mike Conley is the most equipped to step into that number two role and thrive. And I think they need to adjust. With that in mind, and it might be a little complex, like because or because he's the point guard, maybe you have to move him off the ball a little bit. I don't know, but I think that's what you've got to figure out, right? How do you get Mike Conley playing well enough where he can be the number two guy on offense on a threatening playoff team? And I think that's possible. I just don't
3: know if it's likely. During the regular season, he scored 13.8 points a game, and he shot like 40% from the floor. Going to need not, more than that. that. That's not good enough. Yep. And he got four, four and a half assists or whatever. But Mike Conley is a better player than that. And, and I think that even though we've had this layoff, Conley has been thinking and rehearsing in his mind what Quinn Snyder wants him to do. And I think that isn't a waste of time. It isn't like it's time lost. Uh, it's benefited Mike Conley and we'll see if he's physically in good enough shape and he's got a gym right there, so I would imagine he would be. Uh, I think Mike Conley's your guy.
2: They need twenty point a night, Mike Conley.
3: Yeah. And maybe and that's maybe what that's what he did last season.
2: Right. Maybe that's too steep a standard, but, but thirteen point a game, Mike
3: Conley, that's not gonna cut it. Nope. I agree one hundred percent.
2: So uh we'll we'll see. But once again, I mean this is this feels like the theme of the season, Gordon. The Jazz being a really good team or being a good team hinges on on the play of Mike Conley. Whether fans like it or not, that's that's the position this team's in right now.
3: The question then becomes, was the difficulty that we saw in Mike Conley's game early in the season, was that mental or was it physical or a combination of both? Because if it's physical, then the Jazz might be in trouble. That's
2: a real problem, yep. I'm uh, with you
3: because if he's not good enough anymore, then that you know what are you going to do with that? Uh, you can still be a crafty point guard, I guess, but not not in the role that you just described. Yep. He's got to be physically capable of doing it, and and I I saw enough of Mike Conley on the positive to believe that he can be that again. That he's not washed up. I
2: don't know because I don't know because if he's fully healthy, right? I mean, he had some injuries linger. Right. Uh, throughout the season, and that, I'm sure, played an impact on how well or not well he played. So you would think coming into this thing, he's going to be pretty close, if not 100%. I would hope so, anyway. And uh, maybe that gets out of the way. I'm not sure, Gordon. I think, I think that question you ask right there has got to be what keeps Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck up at night. You know, why wasn't it as seamless as maybe some expected? And maybe it was unfair, some of us expecting it to be seamless. Maybe that wasn't realistic, but... I don't know. I don't know if if this is what they expected. Does that make any sense? I think most everybody probably expected a little bit more, or for it at least to work a little bit better. Is that fair, I or I'm the, out yeah, of line?
3: The Jazz wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, gotten involved with Mike Conley if they if their expectations hadn't been a little higher than what the reality was. Right. Right. If they knew he was going to play that way. And I understand that he played a certain way for the Grizzlies for a long, long time. But I thought Mike Conley was instinctual and, and bright enough to be able to to get all this figured out sooner than he did. And the injuries that you mentioned didn't help him. But, but I think he is to a point now where he can do that. And the break won't hurt him. Uh, the way some people might think. So I would expect him to be considerably better than the early part of the season and more along the lines of what we were starting to see uh, in the latter stages before everything came to a stop.
2: All right, Gordo, we want to remind everybody out there that our show is going to be out at the warehouse in Orem, hanging out with Tom and the whole crew, 86 East University Parkway, down there in Orem. Prices so low... It'll blow your mind. Give me a boom, Gordon. Uh boom. Ka boom. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought you were gonna challenge uh channel your inner Tom there and give me a good solid boom. I think you just did. Wow. All right. Fair enough. We'll have more big show. What's going on? Coming up next, 975 and 1280 of the zone.